tool and everything and i have like a camera and um editing software yeah for sure well can you make a video for me because i just i just can't so you have all this equipment and all this knowledge yes and you want me to make a film for you i mean you have knowledge as well we have collaborated on videos before, and I just, I need somebody to make me a video. Okay, how about no, and how about I get in this boat, and I turn on the engine, and I'm just going to drive, and I'm going to drive. I'm going to have some really cool shots in this boat, then I'm going to get to an island, and I'm going to get out of the boat, and look back at you. <laughs> with a no face. This is my no face. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no faces here. No faces here. Is that, <laughs> isn't that a Batman vill villain? No face? Or is it Two-Face? No face? Um, I think Clayface, maybe, we're thinking of. <laughs> Two-Face. It's Two-Face. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of face villains in Batman. Batman, check on that. There's something going on there. <laughs> Put the pieces together. You're a detective, right? Batman is a detective. Figure it out. What if it was Two-Man and Batface? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Batface sounds like me every day when I wake up in the morning <laughs> before I put on my makeup. Instead of it being a rodent bat, um, it just looks like you were cludgeoned cl bludgeoned with a bat. Yes. Cludgeoned? Clobbered is what I meant to say. <laughs> it's cludgeoning time. <laughs> Guys, we are the Indie Film Review, and we like to review independent films after we warm up our comedy chops with terrible comedy. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. st staying with us this long. Um, this week, we watched a film called Encounter in the Air. It was directed by... I don't have that available to me. I will say the name now, because I am prepared and know how podcasts work, unlike Dan. It's uh, Ardit Sadiku. S-A-D-I-K-U. He's actually submitted to us before we watched The Forgotten Mountain. Yes, which was The Forgotten a real Mountain. Treat. Yes. Excellent movie. So I was so excited to get another film from him. Absolutely. And what you were telling me off mic is that he, the director, sent this to us uh, directly. Yes. If you will. Because I believe the first time that we got um, The Forgotten Mountain was through a, a publicist of sorts or a, a, pr a promoter. Um, but yeah, that uh, if even if Arda gave us the the film the first time, we we really appreciate it. It's 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 fun to watch uh, filmmaker films. Anyway, Ardit is what I would call after seeing two of his films, a Albanian auteur because he very like the more I'm seeing his movies, and I only have two to judge from, so forgive me. But he definitely has a very specific style he goes for. Yeah, and it, like he he likes to use like wide angle shots. Hell yeah! That I do, I love that shit too. The action takes place in front of the camera instead of the camera following the action. He just like kind of lets his actors you know act naturalistically, and it brings a lot of realism to the film, which I think is really cool because his conflicts seem inconsequential, but they just they get more and more intense as the movie goes on. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's not a very intense movie, but the things that the characters in this film do really make you go like, oh, why, why, why is this happening? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and it, it just, it's, it, it's, oh, it's like, 
I think of these movies now that we've seen two of his works as like Zen filmmaking. Absolutely, no, like there's something artistic about just you are watching his art. Well, there's something like he has the one of the most beautiful. So pretentious, but that's what it is. (laughs) You have to watch. You have to experience it to believe it. Go ahead. He has one of the most beautiful landscapes at his disposal like he could just fucking point a camera anywhere where he is in albania and it just it's a masterpiece it's it's crazy not not saying that he doesn't have an eye for composition it's just the the landscape alone is just it draws you in and Mm -hmm. you want to get to know these characters because the the countryside it's like it's very remote and there's not a lot of um technology but these people are, you know, idling by and living their life. And it's it's a really cool slice of life that we get each time we see. And like the last time with um Forgotten Mountain, um, it was it was two different characters too, because Forgotten Mountain was an elderly dude, and this one is about a guy who is in his mid-30s, or maybe getting on in his forties. So And then the the teen he's trying to help. Uh so why don't you tell us the synopsis and i want to jump into a little bit of stuff ah yes yes uh talking too much without jumping in the synopsis how dare it's okay we're gushing over this movie i know anyway so uh this film is basically about a young teen who um went to sweden i think because his mom is there and he got roughed up by the cops he and his brother And he thinks that something had happened to him because of this roughhousing by the police. And he is trying to make it so that he gets justice for his um, physical ailment that has been caused by this police officer. So he goes up to um, this kid's name is Deidre, right? And the Blarim, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, so he goes to Blarim, and Blarim's like he he works for a TV studio, and the kid wants him to make a film about his condition and about his connection to uh, Albania because the kid's trying to apply for a visa to get back to Sweden to take care of his mom. That's basically all. So his whole mindset is like, I don't want to be here anymore. I think my life is going to be better in Sweden. Like everything is going to turn around for me. Uh, Things are just going to work out. Like my dad is awful and everything is terrible here. Seems to be a theme. The grass is greener. Yeah. Seems to be a theme in a lot of films we watch. Young person who is completely stupid um, thinks that life is going to be good with a change, but has no idea what life actually means. And it tries to be entitled and take matters into his own hands. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with films like that. It's just it's weird that we we keep watching these movies. But the interesting thing is that the filmmaker, the older gentleman in this, becomes obsessed pretty much mm-hmm. to a point with completing this film and helping this guy achieve his dream. To me, it almost felt like he was living through this other character. Absolutely. To the point where it kind of put him over the edge anytime that a film includes the aspect of filmmaking in it i love it yeah because mm-hmm. a i like the the action of filmmaking i like the verb filmmaking but b it's always going to be some kind of metaphor for the act of filmmaking itself so like this film you can argue is probably Ardit's view on filmmaking in general. Like you, you yeah, said the struggle of making a film, struggling making a film and being obsessed for the completion. And you know, you have, well, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get into spoilers later. 
But talk to me, Jerry. You said you wanted to, to say things. Talk to me like lovers do. Oh, sorry. I got a little... Okay. Several things I would like to talk about. One being, this is ex extremely cliche. I know it. I know. But Albania itself in this movie and the locations that he takes you to, it's like he, he does it in a way where it is... A cyclical, like, you keep coming back to these spots, and mm -hmm. I just feel like that becomes in itself a character yep. of the film. Because there's a lot of the movie where he's just filming the countryside. He's getting B-roll. Like, you're watching him get B-roll for this movie he's trying to make for this kid. And it really takes you in, like, just the composition of everything. Like, we were talking about how, like, this movie is a metaphor for the filmmaking process mm -hmm. and trying to get your film recognized. Like think of Sweden as like the Hollywood of the world. Like that is yeah. what, that is the goal. Like I want people to see my film. They're trying to broadcast this movie to everyone on the air. And in the beginning, they make it just sound like it's so easy. Like, Oh yeah, we could do that because the filmmaker guy works at a TV station and his boss was like, Oh yeah, I'll, I could probably air that for you. He makes it seem like it's no big deal. And then Later on in the film, we learn it's it's not that easy. You, know what I mean? like you can't just you can't just make something and then the world sees it. Uh, it, it. Like you could pour your heart and soul into something, as we all know, and then it could be amazing and nobody sees it. And just exactly, because, I don't know. You don't have enough money or or whatever, like marketing or who who knows what. Like Disney stomps on it. <laughs> I don't know. You know what you can make and have the world see. Hmm. A podcast and put it on Whoa, Spotify. Dude. Oh. Guys. We are in Brazil ear holes. We are in <laughs> in Sweden ear holes. Ear holes? Air holes. We, air dude, holes. We're everywhere. Anyway, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. It, it's it's this film was captivating in that regard. Yeah, if we want to get even more meta, that that exactly how Dan says applies to our podcast. Yeah, exactly. So the the second thing is like this film is Again, like I said, a very zen film. Mm -hmm. It's very relaxed. It gave me Kalka vibes, for mm -hmm. sure. I was thinking that, too. Dan, how did you feel about the lack of music in this movie? I honestly didn't notice it. It was... Right? You didn't... Now that you've brought it up, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, huh, there wasn't any music in this movie. Um, it probably served. It's only it. at the end of the film. It probably serviced it really well, because you, you're paying attention to... You know, because the plot is super minimalistic. There's not much that happens, right? So it's it's it literally is you are taking a slice away from these this community's life, and you are seeing how they operate. And it it's it's so it's so it's so awesome. Okay, um, Dan, do you have a question for me? Yeah. So how did you feel about the construction of relationships um, uh, of the main character? Because the main character has quite a bit of people that he interacts with throughout the film. Yeah, so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It's, I'm pretty sure it's him and his sister and her, his sister's son living mm -hmm. together. I thought that was his wife and his son, but later on we find out that he's not started up a family. And that is actually a, a thing for him, like something he thinks about where he's like, uh, starting up a family is like one's purpose in life. There's a lot of philosophizing in this film, mm -hmm. but it's done in such a way that it's not like ham-fisted. Yeah, exactly. And I really really love how they do it in this film. Like his relationship with the uh the young kid who wants to go to Sweden, he's talking to him and he's like they're talking about different perspectives in life 
and and he's he's saying like well there's no way you could ever understand what i'm going through and how i feel but he's like well maybe partially but also i have the knowledge of being a, around longer than you and i have like a wisdom of just existing and then his motto for everything is life gets better and he, he's life trying gets to better yeah he's trying to relay that information to this kid and the kid's not having any of it but does he himself believe this also? you know i think he does because he is downtrodden and he is um he is well aware that life sucks but mm-hmm. I feel like it's a mantra for him to just like get get by, you know, day by day, essentially. But I feel like he pours his life gets better energy into this kid. Like it's leaving him and going to this kid. Mm, okay. Because he's all of his eggs go into this basket. Like he's trying to help this kid even when he knows there's no possible he's way. He's all like, help. hey, kid, help me carry my eggs. Hey, kid, I'm the Easter Bunny. Hey, <laughs> forget about it. Hey, 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 Danny. Why don't you take care of these eggs? Eh? Maybe you hide them, uh, hide them for a few months for me. Eh? Maybe I'll give you a couple of clams. I know I don't normally do clams. You come but, to me yeah. on the day of my egg's wedding. <laughs> it's a beautiful egg, boss. It's a beautiful egg. Why? <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, my God. Mafia Easter Bunny, <laughs> scene one, take one. <laughs> Just a fucking <laughs> bloody Easter Bunny head. Holy in shit. A bed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just reenacting Scarface. <laughs> Say hello to my little basket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bunny face. Bring a so barge, barge into his, his nest. And there's chocolate all over his face and all of his nose. <gasps> yes, dude. Oh, that's amazing. I love this. This is so good. Come on, Al, Al Pacino. We know you'll do fucking dumb shit. You did Dunkachino. Do Easter Bunny Scarface. <laughs> bunny, for us. bunny Montana. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. We need to get you back to the movie. Sell out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Dan, uh, let's do one more question. Maybe. What do you think? Yes. Yes. Um. It's your question time. Okay, what do you think was the most important takeaway from this movie, in your opinion? Oh, you asking me for my opinion. I'll tell you. I'm sorry. This isn't like a normal... I mean, there's a plot, but I almost feel like the plot is secondary to everything else. But go ahead. I'll tell you my takeaway. The main character has this amazing dialogue about media. And that is my biggest takeaway. What everything he says about media is beautiful. He basically says something to the tune of um, media controls people. Um, It takes their souls. And if you want to control people, you got to do it from the soul out. So you have to harness their souls first and then you can do whatever they want. And it's like, holy shit, that's exactly what it does. And that plays in further into the climax of the film which we'll talk about soon but um well, let's talk about it now okay so, so the climax we're gonna spoil of the film. this movie yes. well hold on hold on we're gonna spoil this movie uh if you'd like to see it it is on amazon prime i will tell you when you search encounter in the air there's like two of them i don't know why one of them doesn't work the other one does work yeah so if if you go to it and it says like it, it, it won't play in the u.s or wherever you're at just try the second one i don't, I don't know why there's two yeah but I 100% recommend this movie. It's really good. Uh, go see it. What are you doing? And I, I think 
Ardit is, he is certainly a filmmaker that's like on my radar for sure. Like mm-hmm. he, he's up there with people, people I want to talk about to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting up there. I'm like, man, this guy needs to be more well known. What is going on? Okay, so well, he's making strides. So, all right. So the end of this that's film, right. Bert. Oh fuck! I already forgot his name. Berlin. Bert Kreischer. Blerim. Blerim. Uh, just call him the director, I guess. Or the, the director. The, the director. Anyway, uh, the main character. He. Yeah. He completes the film and he takes it to the TV station. He's like, "Hey, uh, we're trying to air this." And then his boss, who said, "Yeah, we'll air it." He's in a bad mood that day. And he's like, no, we're not going to air this. This isn't us. And he's like, what are you talking about? This is local flavor. Um, the, he's making the ar- argument that, you know, people from here will like it. He's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. They get into an altercation. He leaves. He comes back and assaults the boss and then leaves again. But um, what's fascinating about the ending is he's, he doesn't get satisfaction of assaulting his boss, assaulting the head of the TV studio. So he goes to the big antenna that broadcasts it throughout the region of Albania that they're in. And he mm-hmm. sets that motherfucker on fire. Oh, and my God. And a dude God. clearly sees him. Like, yes. there is a witness. To he does he not give done. a fuck. Yeah. He even looks at, they make eye contact. <laughs> Yeah, they do. And he winks at him. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so he sets everything on fire. He He's kind of bewildered. And then he goes into his boat and retreats to an island that he looks at at the beginning of the movie. I don't know if you caught that. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. this movie is so clever with putting little innocuous things in it. And you're like, why did we just see that scene? And I'm like, no, that scene's important. Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning when it shows him looking at his neighbor and his neighbor's kind of like glaring at him. And I'm like, what is this scene about? And then later on, you find out they had a fight over a la- like a land dis- a dispute, and he threatened his neighbor, and his gun. neighbor called the cops on him. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's on probation. Yeah, probation. <laughs> that sets up like him having like a temper, you know, him taking things a little too Absolutely. far, which is what happens later on in the film. So it's like there's this whole domino effect of just everything is connected to everything. It's so beautiful. It's how you want a film to be. You know what I mean? Like all of these, everything you're well, seeing. I mean, even the relationship with his on. nephew. Like his nephew's yeah. a little piece of shit. I fucking hated. Yeah, he's his an nephew. asshole. But it made me like kind of realize it's like this guy probably likes his nephew and goes easy on him because he was probably like that as a kid. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he treats that turtle, I was like, turtle abuse. No, because <laughs> his nephew wants a turtle and he gets it for him, and then later on it shows him. He's like sliding the turtle down a wooden plank. And, and by slide, I mean <laughs> physically pushing it down as fast yeah, as it can yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh boy. And uh, and then the main character It's a turtle like, hey. that has a shell. He's like, hey, uh, you gotta wax that turtle before you slide around like that. It's like, I ain't waxing no dang turtle. My turtle taxes should take care of that. Ah. And, uh, you know. What is turtle he's wax? A jerk about Do you it. actually wax turtles? I think it's a ritualistic... Yeah, I think it's a, a religious thing that we don't mm. understand. I think it's called turtle wax because it would be too obvious to put turtle lube. Take that wax to the bedroom. <laughs> turtle lube. Go as slow as the turtles go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love this for a long, long time. All right. End of bit.
I am abandoning this really fast. Dan? Yes? So I guess we talked about that ending. What were you getting out of that ending? Because he goes to the... Well, he destroys the... the island. The, the, well, okay, so he destroys what we would perceive as the pinnacle of media and the... the, the mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it ground zero. What what would I call that? Like where the media comes from. He the source. It. Yeah, he he uproots yeah. the source of it, and he is not freaking out, but he definitely knows he did something wrong, and he he retreats to that island, and the island he just looks back at the town where you know you would have the media being shared. So. He, in effect, he destroys the thing that captures people's souls. So you can think that he might have thought that he set his his community free. Well, it's his entire life when you think about it. Yeah, it's his job. He's thrown away his freedom. Uh, he's completely given up on like helping. Well, he can't. He he didn't give up, but he he cannot help. Uh, the young teen anymore because they're not going to play the video. So he's like, well, I'm just going to burn this whole thing down. But he's literally abandoning everything that's been keeping him afloat because he's like the IT guy for that place. And now he's going to go to jail. It's just like his whole life has just been thrown out out the window. And he's, and I, I mean, like a desperate man. Like, what else does he do? Yeah. And it, it just felt very cathartic of him just kind of being like, out in this island and you think about like him saying it gets better and you're like damn i don't know man <laughs> does it i don't know well i mean it's it's, pretty that's the whole that's the whole mantra it's like mm-hmm. that's what mantras are for i guess is is the the calming aspect of them and the reassurance that we can give ourselves at any given time but again that meditation on media and how it abducts people's souls is is really because because the people who are addicted and obsessed with media do they care that life gets better or you know are they are they too distracted well you have this kid who may or may not have a mental illness you're not really sure uh because he is caught in a few lies mm-hmm. throughout the film and you like you can't really believe what he is saying and he thinks that and I really like that ambiguity me too and he thinks that if he can get this video on to the airwaves, his life will get better. So that's a whole other thing of like the media and how like his life's going to get better if they use this system of capturing people's souls. But in all actuality, it's just, it's just like a fantasy, really. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way this video is going to convince the government of Sweden that they're like, oh, you know what? We did rough this kid up and we are going to let him seek asylum in Sweden so he can go see his parents. Like, there's like a one in a billion chance that's going to work, but everyone in the film is like, yeah, it's definitely going to work. <laughs> it was never going to work. Jared, ever. one thing that I do want to talk to you about, because um, I think it's sure. an anomaly. Um, I don't know. To me, I don't know if it fits, but I guess it does. It's just, it's the only part of the movie that I'm like, huh. So basically, um, Blairim, he, he he's driving down the road and he sees an attractive young woman. And yeah. she's going to the border and she asks him to drive him to the border. She's like, I'll pay you. And then he's like, no, nah, that's fine. He's like, well, do you like coffee? He's like, no, I don't like coffee. And that, I like that about him too. He doesn't <laughs> like coffee. And he, he brings that yeah. up quite a bit. He um, says like coffee is for the weak or something. Yeah, he's it's like, hilarious. He's, he makes fun of uh, 
another character for asking him if he wants coffee, but then later on this lady asks yeah. him if he wants coffee. And he's like, and he's sure. like, I'll go with you, but I don't like coffee. Do you know a place? She's like, yeah, right around the corner here. So she takes him to this abandoned building, which should be a red flag. And she gets the, or she gets him in there and she locks the door and he's like, oh shit, there's somebody else in here. Something's going wrong. And then she's like, give me it all your money. It was a red flag for him, but this girl was, he was attracted to her. So yeah. he's like, I'll just follow her anyways. Yeah. So that's the whole trap. So basically they rob him blind and what he has in his wallet is everything that the kid paid him to make this movie. Yeah. And then the kid, the kid doesn't get his video aired. He wants his money mm -hmm. back. And he's like, and Blairham's like, I can't pay you. But he doesn't give the reason. He's just like, I can't do That's it. That's how, like, down on everyone's luck he is. You know, like, everyone's just, like, so in the dumps. Like, he doesn't have any money. His sister doesn't have any money. Like, all of his money was in that wallet, and it's gone now. Yeah. And now he feels so obligated to help this kid. He's like, I have to figure out something to pay this kid back. Instead of just being like, hey, I was robbed. Like, no. He's like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this right. And in his mind... Burning the fucking place down, punching his boss, borrowing money so he can pay back this kid. All of that was him trying to make it right. Yeah. And it really felt like he was trying to make his own life right in doing so. Agreed. I really liked how they just felt so intertwined in that way. And I get, I'm feeling like almost at the end he realizes that he should break away from like media. Like after it betrays him so mm -hmm. much, he's like, yeah, you know yeah. what? I am going to fucking destroy this stuff. We don't need it. It is controlling our lives because the entire film is about them putting <laughs> this movie out, you know? And I feel like adding on to that, just like the fact that this area of Albania is so remote. Yeah. Like that adds extra oomph to that sentiment. It's like, you know, we've we've let media encroach on us so far and it's doing nothing but, you know, harm to the town. So I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, it's probably like eight channels or whatever or maybe that's the only channel they get i don't know um one thing i wanted to ask you about dan that i was confused on is what's the deal with the main character he would go and like look at that nice house with that lady he had a crush on her oh he did he, he was looking at her because did we meet her before no 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 he, he what had happened was um his friend his best friend knows that he is infatuated with this woman and he, his okay. best friend keeps encouraging him to, you know, why don't you go talk to her? Why don't you go, you know, make that family that you're always talking about? And he just doesn't have the nerve to go talk to her. And his best friend's like, you know, I know that she's leaving on a trip for a long time in a couple of days. And that's why he stops in front of her house with the kid in the morning to watch oh, her leave. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's fucking sad. Oh my God, man. Okay, I didn't pick up on that at all. I guess I missed that. Doesn't she get in the car with a man, though? I think that was just an Uber driver, but I could be wrong. Okay. That was just my Dude. assumption. Dude. All right. That that kind of ticks the boxes. And he's he really lies to everybody, too. Mm-hmm. Anytime his sister asks, like, where he's been, or, like, if somebody asks him, like, what's going on, he's constantly lying about everything. He's like, oh, I was working, or Which I was doing Which is another this. symptom of media and filmmaking. <laughs> Media lies, and so do filmmakers. Oh, I mean, man. filmmakers lie, but they do so beautifully. That's right. Dan, do you have any closing thoughts you want to get into? Watch this film. Come from the Albanian scenery. Stay for that fucking Land Rover, man.
I loved <laughs> that, Land, that Land Rover. I loved it so much. So he drives around in this fucking Jeep looking thing and it has two stars on it. It's so fucking awesome. It felt it felt like like a military Jeep or something. Yeah. I love it. And it's all like the windshield's cracked and he doesn't bother to fix it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh yeah, this movie's fantastic. And after I watched it, I really meditated on it again for a while. Because that's I mean, that's what this film is, honestly, to me. And the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And I mm-hmm. really liked our conversation about it because I felt like you were really articulating things that I wasn't able to process before. And it's like, and the, like the more we talked about it together, the more I'm loving yeah. this film. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's man. And that's what you want in a film. You want to be able to like, okay, get out of that theater. And you're like, what's, what's going on in this movie? Like, Let's figure it out. Exactly. And uh, that's what's so fun about film, like talking about it afterwards. And that's kind of the whole point of this but show. Let's be fair here. Like, it, sure. It's like Kauka in that it's visually engaging. But if you are looking for a narrative to take you somewhere, this might not be your cup of tea. Like, it is a slow uh, burn. No, this movie does not hold your hand on what its themes are and what is going on in the film. Yeah. Uh, if you're used to... Like everything really just <laughs> like the characters turning to you and be like, this is what's going on in the movie. <laughs> uh, you're going to be really disappointed. And you're right. We should probably put a caveat like that on there. This is not a handholder. And I, I like that because yeah. when I watch it, I can say, hey, I'm better than you because I watch films that, <laughs> that don't that don't hold my hand. I can cross the street on my own. I can look both ways. What of it? Come at me, bro. Okay, uh, so yeah, go see this movie. It's really good. Uh, Dan, why don't you do the, uh, the Absolutely, thing you do the sir. You can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. We tweet. We Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on our email and send us films. TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Nice, nice, nice. We are on the Necropodicon network. That is like Necronomicon. But spelled with a podicon, duckcom, yes. And if you go there, you can click on the link to the Discord and come talk to us com. and say hello. And uh, you can you can type com to us over and over again like a <laughs> lunatic, and you'll get banned. But it'll be fun when you do it like that first time. That'll be great. And uh, a lot of other really cool podcasts over there on the site. You can check out D and D podcasts, uh, other podcasts about movies. We got podcasts about like you know uh, fan fiction stuff that people wrote when they were young. There's a lot of weird stuff on there. It's super fun. Improv podcasts. So yeah, come check it out. I think you're going to like the way you look. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're always growing. We're always showing. Mm -hmm. And that's the Necropodicon guarantee. I feel like it's the guarantee that we give to the Necropodicon. (laughs) It is. It's us. It's us constantly putting words in their mouth and not using the slogan (laughs) that we're supposed to use. Because we're idiots and assholes. Uh, <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate Autonomy you. is the name of the game at the Necropodicon Network. That's right. And destroy media. Destroy it all. Burn it all down to the ground. I'm not even going to release this episode. I'm just going to throw it right in the trash. I'm not even going to give a final word. That, that was the final word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you all. I love you so much. I appreciate you. And... Uh, Dan, do you have a final word? No, I said destroy all media. Destroy all media. (laughs) Except for this podcast.
Hey, Cameron. Hey, Cameron, get up. It's time for us to record another episode. What stupid movie do you want to do? Cameron? Get up. Are you okay? Oh my god. Cameron is dead. Check out Bad Red Movies. Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen.